Hi, I am Martin, and this is Words That Change You. Words fly all around us. Kind words, silly words, angry words. And they do so all day long. But how often does something written or spoken really feed our souls? Wouldn't it be nice if beyond the noise we could listen to words that make a difference? Words that change us. In Words That Change You, we'll examine words, events, concepts that have impacted us lately and see whether we could not glean some nuggets of wisdom to feed on and some tools that apply that for our lives. Tune in and be surprised. Yikishin Kore Dojo In the practice of Zen, there are one-line statements or Ichigiyo Mono which are meant to make you think. Yikishin Kore Dojo, or Willing Heart is the Dojo, is one of them. The Dojo is the practice hall, the Zen gym, if you like, where a monk trains to become proficient in the rituals and lifestyle of Zen. The story goes that one monk met another in the middle of a bustling city and asked him where the other was coming from. The second one replied, from the Dojo to which the first one exclaimed with astonishment how a bustling and noisy city could have space and silence enough for a dojo. The second monk replied with this now famous saying, Willing heart is the dojo. In other words, the true monk does not primarily need a physical space to practice his trade, but a certain inner attitude. This is the condition for developing a fruitful practice. While I don't adhere to Zen, nor are most of our listeners monks, we think that this short, slightly enigmatic saying has something to teach us, and so, even though we have no Eastern expertise, we will try to pick it apart in the next few minutes. The original idea of a dojo is a place we go to in order to engage in our practice. It might sound obvious, but Zen does not assume that enlightenment, however one defines that term, is achieved by sitting and hoping for lightning to strike. Many of those who aspire to a more purified, spiritual, or simply more perfect state of being can be tempted to think that the experience of Saul who gets knocked off his horse is what one needs to look for and thus enlightenment is out of our control. Zen, as all religions, posits the contrary, namely that it requires practice. What is practice? At the most basic level, it involves repeatedly rehearsing certain physical or mental steps until they become ingrained in our so-called muscle memory. When I think of my own life, I recall various instances of practice with very different outcomes. The first one. Starting at six, I began learning the violin. My mother swears that I had asked for that, though I don't recall ever having uttered such a foolish wish. For the following 12 years, I had a tutoring session every single week. Still, I felt like my progress was snail-like, and my enjoyment that of a snail also. For some reason, I never caught on to the idea that practice was the thing that would solidify what I was learning and become part of my muscle memory. 
a field example of practice or the lack thereof. When I turned about 14, in part inspired by what was then called folk masses in the church, I bought a guitar and taught myself to play the basic chords. Like many boys my age, I spent numerous hours imitating Bob Dylan, Leonard Cohen and Deep Purple and singing their songs with various levels of success. I learned enough to be able to play to this day when I pray with my fellow monks, but I never really became what you would call a good guitarist. My practice took a fair bit of my time, the expression used is often, that skill is the sign of a misspent youth, but it lacked method and system. As a result, it was only marginally successful. The last example dates back to my move to Lebanon. It became clear that, though just about every Lebanese can communicate in either French or English, the lingua franca between themselves was Lebanese, a dialect derived from classical Arabic. It therefore became necessary to embark upon Arabic studies. Two things came together in that endeavor. A high degree of motivation on my part in order to be able to participate in work and social life of this country. And a highly thought through method developed by the Jesuits specifically for training foreigners in learning to speak and write the language. Still, it took two years of intensive and sometimes frustratingly hard study, but to this day I am fluent and can hold any kind of conversation with the local population, a successful example of practice. What then is this willing heart which is supposed to help us succeed in our spiritual practice? Contrary to modern Western parlance, most traditional societies don't see the heart primarily as the seat of the emotion, but that of the will. Setting one's heart on something does not mean to fall in love with it, but to desire it with all of one's will. Thus a willing heart is, if you want to call it, a willing spirit, which sounds like a tautology, but it is not. What Zen is striving at is that we can exercise our will in a hundred different ways and directions, and the question is whether we are genuinely willing to engage in the practice. Are we like me and my violin playing, or me and my Arabic study? That will determine how fruitful our practice will be. While Zen's goal is enlightenment, its saying holds true for any kind of practice. Whether I want to learn how to throw a vase, speak Swahili or pray, it won't happen on its own, not even if we book a course or buy a book. We all know people who purchase a gym membership or expensive running shoes and think that this will help them get in shape. We have to put in the time at the dojo to become proficient at the skill we want to learn. Now, Zen monks practice sword fighting or holding tea ceremonies and meditation and ritual are what helps them become fluent in those skills. But what about practices which are more closely associated with what we might want to do? How do we learn? I think I've mentioned Ken Newport's book, Deep Work, before. In it, he outlines key elements of a practice which allows us to become experts in a particular field. The first step he recommends is to, quote unquote, avoid the shallows. 
It is increasingly easy to spend a whole day answering emails and subsequently feeling that we did not achieve anything. Therefore, so Newport, we need to find times and places which become our dojo, where we won't be distracted by superficial pursuits. He recommends that we set time apart for the practice, or as he calls it, deep work, which requires concentration, clarity of mind, and absence of distraction. He even uses specific rituals which indicate to him in the world around him that he is now in his dojo. But once we are ready to practice, what is this willing heart and how do we actually learn? The more we are looking to picking up a practical skill, the more simply following a plan full of exercises and repetitions will help us become better. Some people say it takes a thousand hours to become a master at something. Others say 20 will suffice to feel like we can do something well. With it, Sir Newport also comes the need to embrace boredom. Both repeating endless series of scales can be mind-numbing, and so can sitting in front of an empty page and not knowing what to write. However, the more we are looking for proficiency in a mental trader skill, the more our attitude will make a difference. We want to learn mindfulness, or kindness, or patience. Part of our practice is to learn to accept what comes our way. One of our teachers will be our setbacks themselves and how we respond to them. You might be familiar with the story of an IBM employee who, because of a bad decision on his part, cost the company a few million dollars. As he enters the office of his boss, the latter asks, so what are we going to do? The employee says, well, you will fire me. To which the boss replies, why would I fire a man in whose education I just invested $2 million. This is a different way to look at setbacks. Spiritual teachers will say that in order to clean nuggets of spiritual truths from whatever writings make up their body of teaching, you need to meditate on them. The deepest insights don't lie at the surface, but need to be mined. Do we have or are we learning? to keep our butts in our seat and put in the time? We venture to guess that each one of us has a secret dream of what he or she would like to learn. A kibana or a language or drawing or playing the bagpipe, learning bridge, trail running, whatever. But for whatever reason, we have never gotten around to it building one's career, getting a family started, going to kids' sports events, there have always been reason not to start. In Zen language, we have been lacking the willing heart. What if we found ourselves our dojo, setting a goal, a modest one, what we would like to accomplish to become proficient in? It can be a skill, a mental practice, a spiritual discipline. Then find an accountability partner. Ideally, somebody who is trying to learn the same skill. For example, my sister has enrolled in a bridge class with a friend who also wants to learn. And that is key, an accountability partner who makes it his or her job to keep you accountable rather than giving you dispensations. Make a weekly plan, block out time for deep work and ask your partner or roommate to help you in keeping that time sacred. Allow yourself to be surprised after the first 20 sessions. 
I am currently working my way through a 36 lecture series on Sebastian Bach and the High Baroque. It is amazing how much one can learn with a couple of hours a week invested in a particular practice. This simply means watching one less movie or two days without Instagram. You will likely also taste a side effect that these few hours will recharge your batteries or, as Stephen Covey says, sharpen your saw. Come away from the shallows and enjoy the swim. This was Words That Change You with me, Martin Steinbreitner. It was produced by Fritz Lowy, Piroshka Kacha, Harry Kalef, and Jacob Dubibert. If you like this episode, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Also feel free to leave us feedback or questions on Facebook under Einstein Podcasts. Until next time.